hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no! It isn't the breeze, it's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I'm joined with our friends Terry Phillips and John Henderson. Hello. And we are so delighted to be able to bring you another episode of the our world traveler, Jack Benny, as he travels the world. In our traveling series this summer, we're bringing you all his international travels, and it should be fun. We started off with, uh, of course, he had to get a passport. So we started off with the passport episode, which is a wonderfully fun episode. And I decided the first one we bring you of his actual trips anywhere would be his trip to England. And so it's all about that. Um, it's, it's, uh, for me, it's fun listening to these episodes because uh, my wife and I, before we had kids, we took a trip uh, to England and, and all around Europe and things. And it was delightful, a delightful trip. And what was special about England that I liked, um, I, I mean, we, we like went to Germany and it was fine. And, and uh, you know, we'd try and speak a little German and they would try and speak a little English. And, and so that was fine. And, um, and, and we went to Spain. And so they, they spoke Spanish. And, and of course, that's harder to, to get into. Well, then, then we go to, to Great Britain. And it was lovely because all the people were willing to speak American to us. I think they were speaking Britannish like around the corners when they weren't with us or something, but they, they sometimes got some things wrong. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you get there and they're talking about a lift and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm oh, the elevator. Okay. So I had to teach them a little bit, but hopefully they'll spread it around and they'll all get to start using the correct American language that, uh, that of course we originated. So um, anyway, onwards and upwards with the Jack Benny show. And uh, I love this episode way more than I thought I would. It, it was, it was entertaining and, uh, I'll just throw one thing out there, then we'll move on. But uh, uh, I've watched a lot of Jack Benny uh, television episodes, and I never expected to see Jack Benny in a sword fight. And so that was definitely entertaining, and I enjoyed it. Um, anyway, we'll go to go to John. John, what did you see in this episode? That was well, this is the most unusual Jack Benny episode I've ever seen. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it took me a bit to get on board. Because it is quite cartoonish. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of had to like reframe how I watch this. This is something that's, you know, might be normal for like, you know, like the movie Airplane or. Yeah. Or well, it, there's scenes in here, uh, the uh -huh. stretching rack scene. I totally did a flashback uh -huh. in my brain to Princess Bride uh, with, with the, with the mm -hmm. stretching, with the being on the stretching uh, thing. So, yeah, I agree. It, it, it was a lot like those airplane Princess Bride, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Or like if you want something like old school, I've seen some clips from Olsen and Johnson, and it's also just these zany, outrageous, crazy things. And you don't expect that with Jack Benny. Jack Benny usually plays things straight, and it's in his inflection and in, you know, the, the content of the words that he's speaking, whereas this is quite quite out there. But once you can wrap your mind around it, there's a lot of funny gags, like I like the shaving gag, and uh, in it, if you listen carefully, right after they do the shaving gag in this episode, they do a musical cue, which is, you know, the, uh, the look sharp, feel sharp uh, commercial jingle. 
And I thought it was interesting because I, I learned in a different Jack Benny episode that that was actually written by Malin Merrick, which is the musical director in this episode also. So it makes sense that he would be quoting himself there a little bit. Yes, yes. Well, and I was thinking as you were talking about that, I hadn't really thought about that too much, about the the comedy and the, how different a comedy was. Could he have been also trying to do British kind of comedy? Because uh, they are the at least at the time they were more into the zany sort of comedy pieces i think a little bit maybe, maybe it also reminded me of a cartoon because i'm pretty sure yes. mel blank is doing the voices of all of like the the soldiers or whatever <laughs> yeah so listen carefully you let me know if you think that uh, i'm wrong but uh, the voices coming out of those guys mouth they don't sound like those guys they sound like mel blank doing a voice <laughs> <laughs> well wh what did you think terry uh well, first of all, I, I would say that this was one of the best and one of the worst episodes I've seen. <laughs> uh, and, and one of the best because there was so much to laugh about. Uh, just yes. beginning with the opening where, where Jack is learning or, or being tested on his knowledge of um, old British currency. I just found that hilarious. Yes. Um, and by the way... It was just, so perfect for Jack. It, it was. Yeah. And just to put this in context, prior to 1971, the money in Great Britain was crazy. They had uh, guineas and half crowns and tuppence. And, you know, there was all this... It was yeah. sort of like the, the way they measure, we measure everything as opposed to the metric system. It was a complicated, arcane um, monetary system. Mm -hmm. But... Jack, being obsessed with money, of course, had to master that. That was what was important to him. Yeah, but very well done. Very, very funny. Yeah. Um, on the other after hand, that I, is when it starts to fall flat for me, is after that bit. But, yeah. Well, yeah, because on the other hand, um, it was, John, I think you're right. It was cartoonish. Not that it wasn't funny, right? But it was it was also kind of predictable. You know, he, he kept going back to look at the the crown jewels and Mary dragging him. And it's again, it, it it had its it had value, but it's not the Jack Benny show that we came to admire and and uh, and appreciate. But definitely worth watching. Yeah. And uh, and the other thing I, that I liked about it, you know, if you're going to do a a, a an off um, type of show, go all the way with it, which they did. I mean, I yeah. don't know where they shot it, but it, they, I think, must have used one of the big studios in the UK. They obviously didn't shoot it at the Tower of London. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, they just, with the costuming and the choreography and yeah. all of that stuff, it was really great. It was really it was, great. But it was, it was great in a, in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to point out, this is a really small detail, is that early in that episode, um, Mary walks out of the hotel where she's staying, and it's the Dorchester Hotel, and that might well have been where they stayed, because it's a five-star hotel, a lot of celebrities stayed there, and I think still stay there, it's one of the great hotels in London, so I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, um, a small thing, but yeah, what the heck? Yeah, really interesting. Um, and I, I did like to see Mary because we don't get to see her very often on the television yes. program. Yes, and I wonder how it will be to the people who listen and don't follow the link and watch it on YouTube, uh, because there's a couple of things that I don't think you could quite understand if you're not seeing it. But no, this is definitely one where they should yes. watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, this is this is probably effects. the most visual, one of the most visuals you'll get. 
and you all you're gonna hear is a bunch of clanging of swords <laughs> versus watching Jack in a sword fight. I'm sorry, it's worth your price of admission to go over there to YouTube for yeah. free and check it out because yeah. it's, it's it, man, it, it's that's that is so much fun. The, I will say about the sword fight though, they did that whole bit that they that you've seen a million things where somebody gets a sword knocked out of their hand and then they they flip another sword into their hand. The other person like like gives them another sword by flipping it with their sword. And then it reverses and Jack does the same thing. I was really hoping that when he flipped the sword, it was going to actually ram the other person and, 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 and do them in. <laughs> that would have been too predictable. Them. What was that? <laughs> that would have been too predictable. Oh, right, right. Probably so. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's why you don't have me right for the Jack thing. <laughs> Be very, very, very redundant. Anyway, uh, John, did you have something else you were going to share? The only thing I was going to say is there is one joke in there that I feel like would work better on radio, which is like, you know, your hot breath is fogging up the rubies. When you see it on television, you can see that's not the case. But when yeah, it's on right, radio, right. you, you know, you've got different things that imagine you're yeah. that are going on in your mind, imagining, you know, what it might be like. And so, to yeah, you. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, I guess we'll leave it at that. But when an enjoyable episode and, and I'll throw this piece out too. One thing that I love, love about the Jack Benny show that is not true of any other show I can think of. It's, it's a singularity for, for this show is just the variety of different types of shows he can present, whether it's straight sitcom whether it's the the curtain guest sort of talking in front of the curtains show, whether it's more of a variety piece. And this is a whole nother flavor that we've never seen before. So it to me, it just it just adds to all of these wonderful flavors that Jack Benny presents and that what other show does this? No, nothing does this. And Daryl, we, we shouldn't forget that this episode had one other un unusual factor which is a very large cast a large yeah. supporting cast large and i think it's uh, i would guess and they and they these these trip episodes seem to have fairly large casts and maybe it's because he's not having he's not doesn't have any of his regulars with him it's just he and mary and so then they just have to use you know everybody else in this in this case it didn't have really another big, big name stars, so they probably had more money to, to use them more. Extra and I'd like to mention one last thing, if I may, which is that I love the fact that they were in London, they, that they were out and about in London. Yes. Most of it didn't take place in the street, but yeah. when they when they did, they really sold it. You, they, they really showed yes. us that they were there, and that was really nice. Oh, and the other thing I'll point out is, is with, with that piece, um, I love having these episodes in fairly high quality if we can. So I will, I'm going to look, I think I've got a better quality one than the one we watched on YouTube to, to do this. And so if I find, if I do have a better quality one, I'll, I'll link to that instead of the, the one on YouTube. But well, what we saw was already really high quality. I was impressed by, obviously it was filmed, it was before video, but it was, yeah. it looks really great. Yeah. 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 So Thanks everybody and enjoy this episode and we'll see you guys next time. We have a we have a second episode coming from the UK that we're going to put out there uh, very soon and it's Jack doing a kind of a stand up bit and it's really fun and really different. It's from 1961. This one's from 1957, guys. 56. 56. 56. Okay. Thank you. All right, and then uh, on we go. Thanks everybody. Bye. The Jack Benny Program.
Ladies and gentlemen, as many of you know, Jack Benny spent the past summer vacationing in Europe. Among the fascinating cities Jack visited was London, England. London, with its many historical bridges across the Thames. The majestic dignity of Buckingham Palace. And if you walk down Piccadilly toward Hyde Park, you'll come to the Grosvenor House. This is where our little star stayed during his visit. Hello? Oh, hello, Mary. I know we've been in London five days. What about it? Well, certainly I intend to do all those things, but not till I'm ready. I mean, that's the trouble with tourists. The minute they get to a foreign country, they rush all over the place before they know what they're doing. Look, Mary, I'll call you when I'm ready. Goodbye. Mr. Wickers, I'm sorry about that interruption. Well, that's quite all right, sir. Shall we continue? Yes. Yes, let's do it. Nothing. <laughs> What's the equivalent denomination to an American quarter? Now, now, no peeking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, the equivalent to an American quarter would be a shilling, a sixpence, a threepence, and a halfpenny. And what's the next denomination to a sixpence? A shilling. And two shillings and sixpence equals? A half crown. Oh, very good, very good. And seven half crowns, two shillings, and a tuppence and a threepence. A quid. Oh, Dolly Roger. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, I'm becoming emotional. It's all right, I was quite thrilled myself. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Mr. Wickers, uh, when do you think I'll be ready? Supposing you were dining in one of London's finest restaurants and that your bill came to 65 shillings, what change would you receive if you gave the waiter a five-pound note? Let's see, if the dinner costs 65 shillings and I gave the waiter a five-pound note, I'd get back um, a pound, three half-crown, two florin, two shilling, a threepence, threepence, and a halfpenny. <laughs> oh, Mr. Benny, you're short a shilling. I left that for a tip. <laughs> you left a shilling. Well, you, you told me it was a classy restaurant. Mr. Benny, you are ready. <laughs> Good afternoon, Miss Livingston. Oh, good afternoon. May I be of assistance? No, thank you. I'm waiting for... <laughs> Jack, how could you hitch a ride on a bicycle? I didn't hitch a ride. I was crossing the street, the bicycle hit me, I landed in the basket, and he was coming this way anyway. <laughs> but now that I'm here, let me know where you want to go, and we'll be off. Well, let's go to a travel agency and join a sightseeing tour where they have a guide and everything. Okay, come on. Trafalgar Square here was named after the victory of the Battle of Trafalgar, which was 
fought under the leadership of one of England's most outstanding heroes, Lord Nelson. The statue to Lord Nelson was erected in 1867 and stands on a pedestal 145 feet high. Well, are you convinced, Jack? What do you mean, convinced? When we saw it from the bus, you said, look, there's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Lawrence, <laughs> anybody can make a mistake. It looked like it was leaning to me. The bus was going uphill. <laughs> and this monument is a truly befitting memorial to one of the greatest heroes in the British Navy. I was in the Navy. <laughs> well, I was. See, I was stationed at Great Lakes. See, and our commanding officer always and consulted me. Now, if you kindly follow me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> White Tower, the original Tower of London, built by William the Conqueror in 1078. And behind us here is the Martin Tower, associated with the theft of the crown jewels by Colonel Blood in 1671. And now you will kindly follow me, Hazel. From here you have a beautiful view of London. The main entrance to the tower is over on that side. And these, ladies and gentlemen, are the crown jewels of England. Just step this way, please. Millions and millions of dollars. Gee, look at the way they sparkle. It might interest you to know that only on rare occasions do these treasures ever leave the tower. The last time was for the coronation, when this beautiful crown with its magnificent jewels was worn by... I say, Governor, would you stop panting? Your hot breath is fogging up the rubies. <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm sorry. You've all seen these magnificent jewels. You can kindly follow me. I'll show you to the section of the tower that was once occupied by Henry VIII. <laughs> this particular room was his favorite dining hall. Come this way, please. Now, although the food on this table is made of wax, it represents a normal meal consumed by Henry VIII five times a day. Needless to say, this constant eating did cause a bit of an upset to his stomach. <laughs> now, there are several items of interest here that I'd like to draw your attention to. You know, Jack, it's hard to believe that one man could eat all this food and still... Jack. Jack. Now, if you will notice... Jack. The fish, Jack. picture here... Okay, okay. Come on. 
this difficult to believe, ladies and gentlemen. But as I was saying, King Henry VIII ordered the execution of his queen, Anne Boleyn. It was an unfortunate incident. You see, Henry VIII accused Anne Boleyn of being in love with a handsome chap named Smeaton. Smeaton was a court musician. I'm a musician. <laughs> well, I am. This musician lived in 1533. Oh. He thought you said 1633. <laughs> Mary, don't try to help me. <laughs> well, at any rate, poor Anne got her head chopped off. But Smeaton somehow managed to escape the fury of the king's vengeance. Hmm. Well, if you ask me, this guy Smeaton was a dirty rat. <laughs> well, he was. I mean, why should Anne Boleyn have her head chopped off and, and Smeaton get away with it? I mean, it, it was all his fault anyway. Jack, why don't you stop talking? You're always wrong. Oh, no, ma'am. On the contrary, the gentleman is quite right. You see, legend has it that every night when the tower's locked up, the ghost of Henry VIII still roams around looking for Smeaton. You see? You see, Mary? You see? Nah. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, if you kindly follow me, I'll take you to a room of unusual interest. This way, please. Mind your heads, please. Mind your heads. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the torture chamber. Will you step this way, please? Here in this dungeon were perpetrated some of the most horrible deeds in English history. Gosh, Jack, I've, I've never seen anything so dreadful in all my life. I just... Jack. Jack. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Look at him. Jack, what's the matter with you? Huh? Oh, oh, all right. And then there's another thing we ought to remember, ladies and gentlemen. No matter how fearful the punishment inflicted on these unfortunates, their terrifying screams could not be heard beyond this room because the walls are 12 feet thick. Yeah. And I might add that the rack, this instrument here, is the most fiendish device of all. They would manacle a man by the wrists and by the feet, and then they would turn that wheel, and he would stretch and stretch until he would be forced to obey their slightest wish. Did you hear that, Jack? Yeah, it sounded familiar. You put it in Dennis Day's contract. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would follow me, I have one more item of interest to show you through this door. I'm sorry we weren't able to stay here any longer, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the guard to lock up the old car for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed me. You know, Jack, is the most thrilling tour I've ever been on. Jack! <laughs> Big one must be at least a hundred parents. I'll come back again tomorrow. <laughs> they go. Oh yes, they went through the, the torture chamber. <laughs>
Johnny, the doors locked. He's 6,000 miles away. of Anne Boleyn. No. No, no, you're mistaken. I'm I'm Jack Benny, star of stage, screen, and television. <laughs> no, you're sneaking. Go over to the mirror and take a look. Take a look? You're darn right I'll take a look. This is ridiculous. I'm... I don't understand. I told you, you're Smeaton, the man who made love to my queen. No. No. No, it... It must have been somebody else. It, it couldn't have been me. I'm a, I'm a lousy lover. He told me that. I don't care what you... Now, please, please, listen to me, Hank. I mean, Henry. It, it must have been another Smeaton. Mary. Mary heard me. They're coming back. <laughs> By order of His Majesty King Henry VIII, you, Smeaton, 
court musician and secret lover of Anne Boleyn, are hereby accused of committing the following crimes, referred to in the Royal Criminal Code as 27A. I'm not guilty. 33B. Not guilty. And a 9 and 6. Not... Wait a minute. 9 and... What's 9 and 6? The 15. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I mean, you are therefore, by order of King Henry VIII, sentenced to suffer the agonies of the torture chamber. Yet the torture. That was money before our time. <laughs> Stretch it.
I've been captain of King Henry VIII's cricket team for five years, and this is the smoothest shave I've ever had, thanks to this double-edged blade. Defend thyself, Smeaton. You're about to meet the greatest swordsman in all England. On guard! I'll get another. I was a lousy lover. I don't know what you're talking about. Put down that umbrella. <laughs> what was all that screaming about? Enter and be killed like the others. What was that? Well, Mary, I, I can explain. You see, you see, when I found out I was locked in the torture chamber, I got frightened to death. And you know me with my, my vivid imagination, you see. I thought that, uh, well, that I was back in the year 1533, and, and King Henry VIII accused me of making love to Anne Boleyn. I say, Governor, would you mind explaining later? We've got to catch the bus back to town. All right. Come on, Mary. All right. So long, Henry. Goodbye, Jack. 